You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommying While Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jafri. And this is Ava Hassan. It was your birthday weekend this weekend. Yes, it was. I hit like a nice round number. I like uh, counting by fives and tens because it's okay. easier, right? Okay. Yeah. Which which is so a blessing. 45. 45 yes. is great. Yeah. And now and I can every, round up to 50 whenever I want. And and the reality of the situation is, you know, when we look as good as we do, we embrace the age that we are. And it's such a blessing every year to get closer to God. I love it and I embrace it. And happy birthday to you and my mom, right? Because we didn't Thank get a you. chance yes, to Thank you. Yes, we are birthday twins. Birthday mm-hmm. twins. And I absolutely love it. Did you guys do anything fun and exciting for your birthday? I don't know. As I get older, I don't really want to do anything fun and exciting. I really just want to be on the couch in my pajamas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, if you want to give me a piece of cake while I'm there watching Did you Netflix, get my cookies? Did you get the cookies I sent you? That was you? you? There was yes. no note on it. I was trying to figure out where the cookies were from. Thank I was you like, those. I know those are our, my kids' favorite cookies. I was like, hopefully they didn't melt in the Arizona No, heat. thank God they didn't because we got them first thing in the morning and they came yes. inside. So Jazakallah khair. Thank you. You are my secret cookie. I'm your cookie, cookie your cookie monster. That's cookie awesome. Monster. No, I'm the cookie monster. You're the sender. So how was your weekend? You know, actually, it was a really, you know, this is the funny thing. When you're so used to having so many kids, even losing one, not losing one, having one be gone. One less in the house. One yes. less in the house. I mean, I only have three. My my weekends are easy comparatively um, to what I was like used to. So I find myself with, um, a lot more time to do things like clean um, drawers and, you know, all that fun stuff. I'm embracing my natural hair for the people that are looking at, <laughs> at it, my, my frizzy hot mess. The reality of the situation, I'm, I'm getting older. <clears throat> I did like this hormonal like reset. And as a result of that, my hair, I, like I told Osma, I would get scared. I'm like, I think my hair is falling out in like clumps right now and that happens when you lose your hair so my regrowth which is coming in is not straight which is the keratin (laughs) straightness which is what I was doing for years and years years it's more of this wavy frizzy hot mess um and because I'm trying to give it a break I'm letting it go natural and going gray and going embracing my frizziness and there's there's a beauty in allowing yourself the grace to just be Uh, and it's making my getting ready in the morning like quick and I'm finding myself having a lot more time so I absolutely love it I love it my favorite part about that is that when you have extra time you like to clean out drawers I do obviously I've taught you you nothing I love to clean out drawers because then you start looking and you're like I didn't realize I have five shades of the same lipstick which I'm wearing in oh. one of one of the shades. I'm like, I have five shades of this pink lipstick, <laughs> which I didn't even know because was at the bottom of my drawer, brand new. So I was oh. like, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna wear it today. New so. lipstick for today. Well, it looks great. Thank you, thank you. Talking about making money and you know having a bonus episode because this has been one of the the best, you know, 
received. Received. And it's funny. It's funny because people don't like to talk about money in our communities. They're either talking about money as far as like what they want to buy and da 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 da, da or they're acting like they're broke as a joke. Or they're, we're talking about how to like make money, empower women through money. And we're just like, you know, let's start being frank and, frank and honest about this. So what have you, what have your thoughts been about how our episodes have been received? I mean, we're getting a lot of DMs are like, is this on your podcast? You know, on every Sunday we post our schedule mm-hmm. and people are like, are this, is this on your podcast? Are these already recorded? Where can I find them? And it's like, wow, Hello. you people don't listen to our podcast at all. So it's really awesome. Like sending them directly to their phones. Hey guys, just mm-hmm. check your pockets. Like we're yes. already on your phone. Um, but then there's some people who are like, well, where can I watch it? So then we, yes. would, uh, you know, direct them to the, the YouTube channel. Um, so there's so many places that we exist, you know, again, on your phone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and this particular series for whatever reason is getting good reception from both men and women. So I mm-hmm. sent you some screenshots that I got from yes. uh, a gentleman listener who was like, I just love that you're talking about this because, mm-hmm. you know. Everybody needs to know this information. A lot of men, as it turns out, do not. They're not like your husband and my husband where they're like totally into how do I generate like side incomes and what, you know, how do I generate passive income lines trying to teach us, you know, at, you know, kicking and screaming. But uh, I I think it's because there's so many people who have the questions, but they don't want to look dumb asking. Mm -hmm. You and I are great because we're just like, we're dumb. We don't want to know. But like most people are too scared to ask and they don't know where to go because then they, I guess they're afraid that, you know, financial advisors cost quite a bit of money Mm -hmm. if you want to get a good one. So you have to pay for the information. So I think getting those free um, uh, tips from really credible resources um, and I love that they're all women resources. Mm -hmm. I think that that's super helpful. And it's resonated with a lot of people. So our downloads are really shooting through the roof this month. Alhamdulillah. Which is why I was like, well, we should just do a bonus episode because, you know, the one thing that people really wanted um, to do, we're doing today. So that's what I'm really, really excited about. Because, you know, September's almost over. So, you know, we're a little bit sad about that, especially because, like you said, our um, downloads have gone through the roof. SubhanAllah, we're very excited. Um, And we've learned, you and I specifically have learned so much from our financial advice experts this month. But, you know, who doesn't want a bonus check? I don't know about you. So we are excited about that. And we have our bonus episode. Our guest for this special special episode is Janan Sarwar. She started her career as a farm pharmacist for a nonprofit. And since then, her career has evolved into global publishing. She's focusing on content in three different areas. She's on health, cooking, children, zero to eight, books and publishing, our music to our ears on the podcast, because, you know, we're obsessed. We're bibliophiles. Janan is here to share her secrets to her success in earning six figures through book publishing. And we're so excited to have her here today. Welcome, Janan, to Mommy and Well Muslim. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm such a fan of your work and happy birthday to all the women. This was my September was my birthday month as well as my mother. Related birthday. And my and my eldest daughters. So yeah, such a fun. September's a really good month. Like most people on my maternal side also have September birthdays. So we're in very, very good company, alhamdulillah. People are bored in January, that's why. Yeah, I think that's what it is. 
It's saying. still too cold to go out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Janan, we like to kick off the podcast by asking about your momming journey, whatever you're comfortable sharing about your children and your momming philosophy. Yes, yes. So my philosophy is just wanting to empower everyone around me. Um, everyone has a different journey through motherhood and through life. And alhamdulillah, I am blessed to have three daughters. Um, oh, I love my, yes, alhamdulillah. Um, my philosophy with motherhood is just really trying to balance what we do in this dunya and what's in the akira. And I'll basically, as I share my journey, I'll tell you how I've been struggling in a way, honestly, and also balancing both and making some tough decisions. So I'm excited to chat and um, know about what other people think about money as well. Yeah, no, that's totally, I love that you're centering it around your children because I think that's what a lot of us have to do or end up doing naturally uh, when it comes to earning versus rearing children. So uh, I'm excited to dive into that a little bit more, but tell our audience a little bit about your family background um, and where um, maybe the seeds for uh, earning wealth and tapping into your wealth potential were generated. Yes, I love how you use the term seeds. I do believe that you'll, as you hear my journey and the things that I've done, you'll see a lot of it came early on. And when I share mine, I'd really like you all, anyone listening to think, man, what are the things I did when I was young? Or what do I love to do? And there's some questions that I will challenge you all because I'm not special. Um, Alhamdulillah, I had beautiful parents. My parents both emigrated from Bangladesh in the late 70s, early 80s, and I'm one of two children. I have an elder brother. I grew up in Tennessee, uh, of all places. I'm currently talking to you from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, My parents still live in the small town where I was born and raised, Clarksville, Tennessee. And my brother, my elder brother, he also lives in Nashville. So growing up there, Alhamdulillah, small community, small Muslim community, but my parents took us to libraries, encouraged us to be artistic. Like my mom, I love to create beautiful things with my hands, not as crafty as her, but she's she can sew and she can make really beautiful art. I'm not as artistic, but I like to be, and I like being around that. But I'll tell you, I'll be honest, my dad, he's an engineer, and I always felt this undercurrent of, you know, if you're gonna be successful, Janan, when you grow up, if you want respect, because you're short. I am short. I'm not even Aww. five feet tall. Oh, you're <laughs> so cute. cute. My, my parents are short tiny. too. I, I love you guys, but we have small genes. So I'm, I'm very tiny and I look young too. I'm not, I'm, I'm 35. So just 10 Aww. years behind you. Num- age is just a number. Heart It'll is- serve you very well. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Well, I get mistaken. I go to the school sometimes. One of the things I do is I read to high schools and other schools and or middle schools and they think I'm a new middle schooler. So that's, the, awesome. that's a big problem. Good but, for you. No, that's not a problem. It's embrace it, girl. <laughs> okay, inshallah. I mean, it, it's hard to be respected at the same times too. Yes. And then I'm, um, but you know, then they're like, wait, then you're a mom. So you get these labels. And I think a part of what I'm going to tell you all is that the stigma that you, someone listening may have is I'm a mom and I have to be a mom first. So I can't earn. And so this is a, this is a sensitive Mm -hmm. topic. We're talking about how to earn a lot. So I'm I'm just going to try to level set everyone to say that I'm no one special. And, but my dad did instill in me, go into the sciences. You know, you've Mm -hmm. heard this, Desi mentality. I'm I'm Desi. So Bangladesh, as I shared, 
doctor, lawyer, engineer, something like that. My dad's doctor, an engineer. Doctor, engineer, MBA. That's all you can Exactly. Be. <laughs> One of those. Um, my mom in Bangladesh was a doctor, but then coming here, her priority was children. She raised my brother. She raised me. When I went to kindergarten, she went back to school and actually became a therapist. She's a psychologist oh, wow. and she recently retired. But alhamdulillah, I guess I just wanted to share that growing up in a rural town, I did notice some things. I remember noticing if we'd go to like Walmart for a car oil change or something like that, my father would get more respect if he wore his university embroidered like button down or had something that had a pin that said the university where he taught. Because if they knew he was a professor, despite initially looking at him at how he looked or hearing his accents, he'd get more respect. So I caught that even at like age four or five or whatnot. But um, anyway, that's something that, you know, you may notice your, as yourself. And then I have this, you know, I grew up, I'm surprised I don't have a Tennessee accent, even living in the South as long as I do. I have a very Midwestern accent because I watched the news a lot when my parents <laughs> watched it and Sesame Street. So uh. anyway, um, yeah. So like my, my story is I went through, I was the only person of color despite being uh, unless you were, it was majority Caucasian. I actually didn't really feel that different. My mom could sew, but I would take photos of what she would sew. I, I got a camera oh. when I was young and I was always the one that would like take pictures of my friends. I love photography. I got my first digital camera at the age of like 12 or 13 or something like that. So in undergrad, while I did this very cerebral pre-health stuff, I was in like maybe some debate things or I was doing like photography club and learning how to, I was checking out the DSLRs and I took, I was in the photography clubs. Mm -hmm. And when I was in the pre-health, I had a professor who said, Janan, you know, tell me more about what you want in your future. It sounds like, you know, you're, and he was not Muslim, but he's like, I'm assuming that you want to have a family. And I said, yeah, that'd be really important. And you know, I was in the <laughs> MSA and all those things. And he said, well, you should talk to a friend of mine. She's a pharmacist. She's a pharmacologist. And she does some really great things. And it's a, it's a career where you can have work-life balance. And this is the first time I heard the word work-life balance. Suffice it to say, I ended up going to pharmacy school and I was the one, you remember I had those cameras that I learned? I started Janon Photography where I photographed all my friends in pharmacy school that were getting engaged to each other because that's what people do. Or that's what people do in college. Yeah. People do that in college. People do that in grad school. Or I was, you know, I was in the Muslim community. I went to University of North Carolina and Chapel Hill is a very creative space. And alhamdulillah, I was like the second shooter for some really amazing photographers um, that were Muslim that would do weddings and things like that. I, I had a really great time. And then on in the pharmacy school, I realized you know how I said it wasn't my cup of tea to be a engineer. Well, I learned that I didn't really like patient care that much. I didn't like the blood people. and the guts. <laughs> no, I like people. I like people, but actually like being so close to them, it made me nervous. So I was like, oh gosh, you know, what are you supposed to do? This is the mind and the heart. Again, I'm supposed to be in all these organizations and I'm supposed to be going out and doing blood pressure checks. And that's what all the, the kids do. That's what we all do. How do I do this, but then stay true to what I want to do? So I said, okay, I'm in all the clubs, but guess what I was doing? I was behind my camera. I was photographing my friends. I was the historian. Then I would go home and I would write the reports on how the event went. And the professor started noticing that. And I said, Janan, you're pretty good at this, you know? And then I do the same for my notes. I take my notes in class for pharmacy and then I would design them. And like, we'd all have study sessions. And so I have this interest in 
content creation. I guess that's what you'd call it these days, but like, I didn't know. I just thought it was, so do you see these seeds? The seeds that come to, to fruition later are Alhamdulillah, right place, right time. As I'm thinking, what do I do next? My dad was a professor, right? I had recognized during school that direct patient care was not for me. I worked in a community pharmacy. I'm, I'm like five feet tall, not even five feet tall. They um, thought I was a child. They didn't believe, even though I had a coat as an intern, they wanted to speak to the pharmacist. Or maybe they said that because I was Muslim. Maybe they said that because of my hijab. But patients in North Carolina or on the rotation sites that I went to didn't always want to speak with me. There was a bias. I don't, I don't know exactly what, and I'm not going to blame it on anything, but there were a lot of reasons that made me say, I don't think retail pharmacy is for me. I am so excited. Our dream is coming to fruition and it's only a few months away. I am inviting everybody here to join our weekend retreat. It's October 14th through the 16th, 2022. It's gonna be in an urban oasis, just minutes from DC. And our whole point is for you to rediscover your identity in your current life phase because your mind, body, and your soul deserve it. So visit www.mommingwallmuslim.com forward slash retreat, and we will look for you there. I'm here to tell you that pharmacy, that is, that is actually, you're right. I mean, even in school, when I was in school, I remember I chose it because of the animals at the New York Zoo, right? I didn't really have a good reason to choose pharmacy as my path. But what I did end up choosing is I chose it as while I was in school, I realized the versatility with what pharmacists can do and the innovation. And I'm here to tell you as an ambassador of pharmacy um, that I actually also agree. I don't actually, I'm a pharmacist that's very non-traditional. I don't believe in getting medications. In fact, I encourage you to try to do all this without any medications. Mm -hmm. um, but it's knowing when there's, like if someone has cancer, there are certain moments where you absolutely do need to use of course. medication. Um, but anyway, I don't want to digress from the point here. The point here is to say that, alhamdulillah, you can career, there are over 50 career paths that I've identified alone that you can get, has nothing to do with medications, but you need pharmacy skills that you're still a pharmacist doing. The path that I'm uh, like pulling all the underdogs uh, with what I do now um, is, and, and what I do with publishing and what I did for eight years or seven years is publishing. I worked for the American Pharmacist Association. That is the, like, there's the AMA. There's all these different organizations, right, for professionals. Pharmacy has one, too. And there are several of them. But American Pharmacist Association was one of the oldest ones. It's a nonprofit. That's the nonprofit I worked in for so many years. What was my job? My job as a nonprofit executive, I guess I ended up being, was publishing books. So the books behind me, for those of watching, I published all these. I published around 40 books. Um, not just me alone. I didn't write them. I worked with authors, subject matter experts, and therefore pharmacy technicians, therefore pharmacists, therefore faculty, there to teach. It's what people used in pharmacy schools. I published three kinds of books. My children are a driving force for what I do with, I do children's book publishing now. I do cooking stuff now because I love cooking and it reminds me of pharmacy, but it's close, but it's not exactly. And I also publish health books on health, but my whole life that I told you about taught me a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So at the core, I'm trying to bring the voices of those that are underrepresented. And so 
that's what I'm doing. Inshallah, inshallah, I'll have an empire one day. But right now, Global Bookshelves International is what I created. And, you know, I'm not at a million bucks. I'm not exactly quite at the six figures right now with what we're talking about. But what I wanted to say is that for anyone here, and we're going to dig into this with you all asking me, it's that each of you have versatile seeds that have been planted from before we were even born. Allah has put our life purpose inside. Being a mother is one of them. If you're a mommy listening to Momming While Muslim, right? If you're not a mother, whatever the case it is, there's something inside of you. It took me this journey of working in a place where I was an executive. I was pay- getting paid as a pharmacist. I had a great six-figure fal- sal- salary. I left a year ago. And Global Bookshelves is only a year old or so. However, it's been in the making all my life. And all the books mm-hmm. that I've been publishing for people and inshallah, whoever comes down my path and how I have, have my business model is to support and empower others to make their dreams come true. And it just helps mine as well. No, I 100%. I, I'm a big believer in that. Like when you look back on your path or your journey, you see that, right? Or whether it's... Um, like rejection, whether it's, you know, a closed door, whether, and, you know, cause those typical negative experiences, and and I'm using a negative experience for a reason, because a lot of the times at that, at that moment, you think, wow, this is a closed door. This is a, 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 a place where I'm supposed to stop. Right. No. Cause a lot of the time that's just redirecting you and refocusing you perhaps to a different version or a different part of your journey. And it's only when you look forward, like you said, the planting of the seeds or the the altering of your journey that you look back and you said, I needed to go through this to get yes. to where I am today so that I can be this version of myself to do the things that I'm supposed to ultimately do, to, to be able to, 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 to be my, my truest potential, um, yes. wh- whatever version of myself that I'm supposed to be today. So I, I love that you share that. Um, and, and you're, and you're using, or you're manifesting that to, towards publishing. Like I, I definitely noticed the rainbow, um, behind you. And I, and I love that you put that specifically, um, in that eye catching way and, you know, specifically for women, um, and women empowerment, um, and mothers, uh, in general, right. A lot of the times, like you said, your mom was a doctor um, in Bangladesh. She came here, became a mom. You had to stop your journey on yeah. some level, um, and we, we at Mommy Wall Muslim do not feel that as a mother, you're stopping your journey. You're, no. you're gaining valuable skills while you're mothering or mommying yes. um, so yes. that when you are done or when you're, I would say, going from mom to bruh, right? When you're going from, you're translating or you're transferring to, to, that, to that version of yourself um, when your kids don't need you as physically as much. Yes. You are gaining different types of skills. How do you then work with those mothers specifically? While parenting, while mm-hmm. mommying, you say, you don't have to stop. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I know I have a friend who is an amazing mother and she has four children and she is an optometrist. And she, mm-hmm. has, you know, kind of says to me, you know, I had to put that aside and I had to be a mom. And it's where you think, okay, yeah, you didn't get, you didn't earn the optometry salary or, mm-hmm. if, you know, whatever you went to school for and then you got married and then your husband said you didn't have to work or whatever your circumstances. Whatever. Right. The point to remember is, yes, you don't, you didn't get 
the dollars, there's no dollars. There's two banks. There's the Dunya Bank. That's where the figures that we're talking mm-hmm. about comes. And there's the Akira Bank. And you are not going to get paid in Akira, like in dollars for the Akira. Taking care of your children, taking care of your own self, your own mental health, your own sleeping, and not trying to hustle and do both working and being a full-time mom. Because the truth here, I'm sitting here in front of everyone to say that you really can't have it all. Because if you're going to earn a six-figure salary, then who's watching your kids? Sometimes. I mean, maybe somebody's figured it out and like DM me. I'm really curious, but. Or you, you can have... like clone yourself. Clone, like if yeah. that happens. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's figure that out. Because, you know, if you're earning, if you're spending time there with the work, then somebody's with your children. Yes. Somebody may be the perfect person. It could be your spouse. It could be a nanny. It could be the best person in the world. However, it's not you. It's not you. And one of the purposes you have is being a mom. So it's about balancing. That's what I mean by balance. I specifically chose to leave. But the questions to leave my six figure salary, quote unquote, but I'm I'm going on my journey. And the questions that I would ask anyone to consider, this is adopted from a Japanese philosophy. Have you heard of Ikigai? Mm hmm. Yeah, but so why don't you explain it for people that might not understand it? It's it's pretty yeah. big in the coaching realm and the spiritual coaching realm. But why don't you explain yeah. it for people that wouldn't necessarily understand it? Absolutely. It boils down to what could be your life purpose? And it's mm-hmm. four questions you ask yourself. Number one, what is it that I love? I'll dig into each one and after I, re- I say them. What is it that you love? What is it that you're good at? What is it that you can get paid for? Mm -hmm. And what does the world need? If you can find the intersection of all four of those, Mm -hmm. that is your life purpose or ikigai. And uh, again, that's, it's what coaching, I'm I'm a career coach actually for pharmacists. I help pharmacists that are trying to find their place, but I mean, their their intersectionality of all four of their things. Absolutely. The, the ikigai would be, if you can figure out what is it that you truly love doing, it doesn't have to be something you actually went to school for. What is it that you love and you do because you love it? What is it when you do it, time stands still, or you could stay up all night doing it. Mm-hmm. What is that? What are you good at? What do somebody, what does someone tell you, even when you're a kid, when your parents, you know, if they, if you ask them when I was a kid, like, what are they? Oh, she was always good at coloring in the lines. That's silly. Mm-hmm. But maybe that person now is the best graphic designer yeah. or like something else, you know? What can you get paid for? What ha- what do you actually think? What's out there? That's a little bit harder to do for some people sometimes that we're talking about, but you have to have that confidence to ask or to see what's out there. And then what does the world need? That's going to fulfill your spiritual heart. That's going to fulfill so many things. And if you can find a blend, and again, alhamdulillah for me, um, I don't have one thing. Coaching for me, coaching pharmacists, helping them. That's one of my things. It's book coaching, helping people come from a concept. I did it for eight years. Mm -hmm. Concept and then getting it to fruition. People come to me when they say they self-published a book. And I say, great, you self-published. I think that's amazing. Let me read it. And I read Mm -hmm. it. And if it is amazing, I tell the world about it. And I'm not asking for money for that. But when I tell the world why, because it fills my heart, because it's something great, something beautiful, and I can share. I don't need money for that. However, if someone comes to me and says, Janan, I have this beautiful idea, but I don't have time and I need your help and I want to publish it. I do what's called done with you services and I help say I'm a a traditional publisher, but I also do self-assisted publishing and I help people publish books. 
publishing a book takes a lot of processes and steps and they pay me for it. And then the final thing that I do, traditional publishing is where I say, hey, there's a concept that's really out there that really needs to get out there. Um, and that's traditional publishing where you work with an author that has a beautiful, amazing idea and you say, as a publishing company, we will take it on. I take on all the costs and guess who pays for that? That's the people who have done my done with you service. I transfer that money over and then Alhamdulillah, I produce those books in the traditional format and the author, whoever works with me, they get royalties based on that. And Alhamdulillah, if I can get those messages out to the world and sell hundreds, maybe thousands of copies, I get money from that too. So if I explained in a, in a nutshell, publishing, is a really random, you know, you, you can't make, you can't get rich off of it. But what I'm describing is being very versatile in what I do and how I do it and how I serve others where they need to be, where they want to go. And I assist them by doing that. And that's my story, right? My icky guy is being a publisher, a global publisher, helping find the, the voices around the world. I, my life story helped me be that way. When we lived, I, I now live in Louisville and there are a lot of masjids in this area. There's a lot, there's a Turkish one and there's one for mostly Arabs and there's one for this. When I grew up, I didn't have that. We had one masjid, people came and go, went. You can make six figures, eight figures, whatever figures, the figures of actual dollars and the figures for Akira to please your heart because then you're gonna be the version of a mom that you wanna be because your children aren't seeing a mom that's longing and saying, oh, I didn't, I'm not an optometrist. I'm waiting to, for you to go to school so I can go back to optometry. No, they see a fulfilled mom, that same optometrist I'm talking about, helps me with global bookshelves because she's naturally good at helping me edit. And she's going to bring beauty to this world. And she can still be an optometrist when her kids are, when she's ready and when they're ready. But that's what this is about. You don't have to, you can earn money with a smile, right? So Usma, I was looking at my 401k materials and getting a little overwhelmed. Oh, I know what you mean. It can look like chaos. And none of the choices were halal. It's kind of a disaster. You know about the amount of funds though, right? Wait, no. What? Well, if your plan has a brokerage option, it's likely you can choose them through that, but you can also invest directly with them. They're halal? You bet. They're the oldest and largest Islamically acceptable funds in the U.S. Sharia certified, the whole deal. We want to thank Amana Funds for sponsoring this episode. Here's what you need to know. Please consider an investment's objectives, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. To obtain this and other important information about Amana Mutual Funds in a current prospectus or summary prospectus, please visit www.amanafunds.com or call toll-free 1-800-728-8762. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. Distributed by Saturna Brokerage Services Incorporated, member of FINRA, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Saturna Capital, investment advisor to the Amana Mutual Funds. So, so essentially, what what I'm hearing from you, and this, and, and you're approaching money making in a more from a, a more spiritual place, right? And 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 you're using the ik, ik, I can never pronounce it properly, the Ikigan guide to intersectionality, right? In order, in order to find that spiritual place. And if you do it, you technically don't ever feel like you're working a day in your life. And as moms, 
we sometimes feel like, okay, we trained as like in your case, a pharmacist. And yes, maybe I'm not necessarily doing that pharmacist job on a day-to-day basis, but I'm using the skill set that I trained for in this spiritual um, money-making method, methodology that I'm now using um, and that I found my passion in helping other pharmacists find their um, alignment. So I, I have this concept. I don't believe in balance. I never believe in balance because I no. just don't, I don't believe that yeah. it exists. I believe no. in the concept of alignment, meaning yes. at any point, um, sometimes you're working a lot. Sometimes you're um, down, you're just with your kids. Sometimes it's all of that. Right. But then like to your point, if I'm at my day job, like right now I'm here, I'm not physically with my children. Right. But they're at school and I try to end my day. And when I'm with my kids, I try to be, I try to be present, but I'm not, it's not balanced. There's no equality. There's no, I'm with my kids for five hours. I'm at work with it, but I do try to find an alignment. I feel connected on all levels. And I feel that way because I have, I'm making money in that spiritual way. So I love that you're saying this, but this is not a traditional nine to five way of making money. So you've, you've managed within the last year to kind of get that mindset, right? When you converted over to this mindset, how did others look at you because sometimes when you talk like this other people look at you a little bit nutty until they get convinced until then they're like wait a second this might be the most genius thing anyone has ever talked about but in order to convert them they kind of have to get on board with the methodology so how do you help foster that um that thought process so that people understand that it's a lifestyle shift um, in mindset mentality? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. I, I do struggle with this. I think I'm a, definitely, when I said labels, like, you know, oh, you're a mom. And again, on first impression, anyone looking at me can assume, and anyone, anyone looking at whoever you are, there's all these assumptions that come just by what you look like and what you're saying. And you're right, you know, you look, I look nutty or I look um, like I'm saying something that doesn't make sense. It is very non-traditional. And what I actually firmly believe is that the people that are going to get ahead in life, subhanAllah, if you look, it's all the fish are swimming one way, swimming downstream Mm -hmm. or upstream, whatever. They're all going in a school of fish. And the one that gets noticed is the fish swimming the other way. Mm -hmm. It's very lonely. It's lonely to be this fish swimming the other way. It's hard to convince others of what I'm saying. It's hard. That's why I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. glad you invited me here because um, it, it doesn't make sense. It's not believable. It sounds like I'm just saying things. But subhanAllah, for those that I have supported or for those that I like to say, I like to give bring balloons to others. That's the <laughs> thing that I like to do. I love that visual concept of bringing whatever your favorite colored balloon is and saying, here it is. I can bring it to you. You didn't expect it. A balloon's surprising. It makes you smile. And then the balloon can lift them up off their feet and say, wow, like I can see from a different perspective. I want you, anyone listening to think from a different perspective. Well, you already have that, the spiritual way of looking at it, but it's about time. It is about time. We have, you know, some mothers 
maybe they needed to get their health back after they became a mother. Maybe it really, you know, they were working and then they had to take a step back. But that was from Allah. If you truly believe that everyone, if you have the wakul, if you have that faith, instead of regretting, you take, you don't waste a second. You don't waste a second. And you say, even in this time, as you've said, this challenge or this conflict that you went through, conflict's a good thing. This inner conflict that you have, take it and take that mindset shift. It is about perspective. I am happy. I am with my children. Or if you are working and you had to work because maybe someone got divorced or maybe mm-hmm. someone lost their husband and they had to go to work and they're having to, and they're hearing this and they're like, well, I have to send my kids to daycare or I have to do this. I feel bad. No, Allah made that for you and you can still be connected. As Zeba said, you can be connected to your child in other ways. It's how you make your time for it. And you can shift today, progress over perfection. You don't have to be perfect to get a dollar. You can start earning $1, but that's what people are afraid. They want to go from zero to like the six figures. Mm-hmm. Just start with the one, convince yourself with the one, go to 10, go to, you know, go to 10,000. And then inshallah, the money is going to come. If you believe it, if you can do it and you can show it, the money will come. Inshallah. Yeah. If it's meant inshallah. for you. My favorite part about that is like, don't be afraid to swim against the um, current sure, because, yeah. you know, if you remember like, the wackadoos are the ones who are like the richest people in the world now, right? Like those (laughs) are the people that were like, everybody was like, what a weirdo uh, when they were growing up. So if anybody who's listening, I know we have people who are single listening. Yeah. Be nice to the wackadoos. You know, you don't have to marry them, but like be nice and like take notes, figure out what they're doing um, and just emulate it because that's how um, you, you become the people that you surround yourself with. I think there's a hadith about that too. Like if you're around flowers, you'll smell like flowers. If you're around trash, you'll smell like trash. So, you know, smelling like a wackadoo is totally fine because eventually in 20 years down the road, they will be making those six and seven figures. And that's the kind of person that you want to hang around and like figure out what their habits are. The good ones, the halal ones, those are the ones we want you to emulate. So, um, Janan, we have this portion. Thank you so much, first of all, for sharing all of your insights. But we have a fun portion at the end of our podcast that we like to call the rapid fire. And I think as a listener of the podcast, you're familiar with that with what that is. So um, it's for anybody who's listening. It's not supposed to be super stressful. We're just trying to, after talking about a lot of heavy stuff, we just kind of want to have some fun and get to know our guests a little bit more. So I'm going to put, I believe, I got to figure out how to do this now, 90 seconds on the clock. And um, we like to kick it off. Our first question is always, what book are you reading right now? I am reading, I'm rereading Atomic Habits and by James Clear. Oh, I have it right there. I know. I've always said I want to read it and like I haven't opened it yet. I haven't, but it's in that big stack of not read yet. Yeah, I was going to, um, I struggled. Oh, beautiful. She's sharing it off. I struggled because I think I'm like you with a long stack of books that I'm yes, reading, but that's yes. the, that's the one on the top. So thanks Wonderful. for asking. When are you most productive? In Ooh. the morning hours before anyone else is awake. It's that silent time I have for myself for reflection after the hajjah time. I mean, that's when. Yeah. Yeah. That makes absolute sense. The most successful people say the same thing. They wake up before everybody else does. So, um, Since you like cooking and organic chemistry, yeah. what's your favorite <laughs> cake flavor and why? Oh, cake, my goodness. Not ice cream. <laughs> yeah, no, great question. It is chocolate from Whole Foods. 
so it's pre-made. It's not like something pre-made. you have to make. Oh, I no. love that. Okay, I will yeah. have to get that one. Yeah, then. try it's it. So yeah. good. Huh? Really? See? She okay. agrees. It's very good. Wonderful. They're like a ganache too. Their fruitcake oh. is so good yes. too. I agree. Okay, I'm writing both of these things down because now I have a Whole Foods list. <laughs> um, what advice would you give your younger self, Janine? To truly not be afraid to swim against the stream. I say mm-hmm. that. I was doing it on my own, and I wish, and I was doing it. I did it. I got hurt a lot of times because it's very lonely. But I said, just keep walking. If I told, I would have taken a just lot of keep swimming, just keep swimming. <laughs> just keep swimming. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, dory your way through life. Well, thank you so much for sharing, you know, some very personal information and personal insights, experiences that you've had. Um, we hope that anybody who has any questions or concerns or wants to know better or in more detail how to do it will reach out to you and we'll have your contact information from Instagram and your email available in our show notes for people who want to reach out to you. So thank you so, so much for coming on to this very special bonus episode. Jazakallah khair. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Thank you.